missed your voice. <laughs> I miss you so much. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I'm very upset right now. <laughs> Same. Um, so we're both back at college. Mm-hmm. and now we're 3,000 miles apart again, and I'm really not okay with it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, it's fine, whatever. It's not like I'm never going to see you again. It's just going to be five months until I see you, and I don't yeah. think I can handle that. It's too long. Um, I think that Pangea needs to happen again. <laughs> I'm fully in support of Pangea. <laughs> Well, I could drive to you. It'll be fine. Yeah. So, um, I'm super excited to hear about your sorority experience, if you're allowed to tell me. I thought you were going to say your story, and I was like, shit, I thought it was yeah. you. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear about your story this week, Maddie. Um, no, I, I am doing my first true crime of 2020. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um... This one, like, I got into it, and I was like, that's not going to be that bad. Like, it's not super well-known, but, like, he's still a pretty, like, big case. And then I got into it, and I was like, this is just wild. I don't know what's happening. Like, there's just so many things that are going on. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, the good news is that there was, uh, like, a documentary that I watched on YouTube that mm. I thought was really interesting. So I'll probably, we can link that in our episode bio or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Sonya. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Graham! Woo! <laughs> Happy 2020, everyone. And, oh, yeah. Um, this is wild. Um, and... I don't even, I don't even know. I took a page out of your book, though. What? I took a page out of your book, so I think I'm just going to get right into it. Okay. And so we're talking about Trevor Joseph Hardy today. Oh, okay. I don't think I've heard of him. Yeah, so that's the thing. He's, like, not super well-known now. He was, like, in the 1940s when he, the 1940s to the 1970s when he was active. Oh, okay. But right now he's not like super well known so that's why I got into it I was like oh like it's gonna be a fun little case mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a lot um but he is known as the beast of Manchester oh and he was a convicted English serial killer and he, he's most known for murdering three teenage girls in Manchester between December of 1974 and March of 1976 Ooh. so yeah that's a lot yeah um, it, like honest to god like the hearing about teenage girls who are like my age yeah that's it's terrifying in like a city like like i i walk around at night too yeah you know like yeah ah um but yeah he was born on june 11th 1945 so he's a gemini oh. uh, and i did a little bit of research on june 11th 1945 and apparently being born under the twins constellation, you tend to be excessively expressive, quick-witted, sociable, and communicative. Serious, Geminis are known are well known for positive energy. They are talkative and social butterflies and don't let others influence their way of life. Mm-hmm. So based on what I've known about him after research, I, I do see that he is 
quick-witted and doesn't let others influence his way of life. But he doesn't seem to have a lot of positive energy. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, it's a lot of negative energy over there. Um, Yeah, so, fun little astrology course. Oh, yeah. Um, So, in the 1960s, there were a lot of cases, like, um, the child murders by Ian Brady? Oh, okay. I don't think I've heard of those either. And, um, yeah, I, I might... I might do that later on. Um, it seemed pretty interesting when I was looking at it. Um, but there's also, so there are like a lot of other serial killers in the area. And there's also in his area, like a lot of violent gang culture. Oh, um, okay. And this is Mostyn, which is the district of Manchester in Northwest England. And um, apparently it's like, it's like only three miles from this, like the center of the city mm-hmm. and um apparently it's a very residential area so okay i mean like there are people there that's why he killed them <laughs> there are people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so at the time when he was killing his crimes were some of like the most brutal and people like described it as a reign of terror that had the entire city living in fear um, oh god not good <laughs> yeah really not good um mm-hmm. he when he was younger he started out with like burglary and apparently mm. in the criminal circuit he had this whole deal where he was like known for boasting about how good he was at burglary and how he never <laughs> took anything identifiable he only took cash right. <laughs> <laughs> okay like go off i guess Odd like, flex but okay <laughs> like, yeah like that's what he's bragging about he's out here like Oh, I'm so good at stealing things. I only steal cash. Like, what? <laughs> what is he doing? Um, but then this is where his... He has this mindset about going to the most extremes possible in order to avoid being caught. And, um, and he's still just talking about burglar? At, at this point, yeah. Okay. He's, he's He started this, like, mindset kind of thing from this burglary. Like, that... Like, that's why he would only go for cash like he wouldn't go for anything that you could identify as being from that house okay um so like you know that the house was robbed but like yeah there's nothing really missing you know yeah um and if if they ever found anything on him like that's just cash um but when he was 15 years old he was caught and he was in prison um not for not it wasn't like a, a very long time that he was in prison but he was like accused of like 20 or so burglaries oh wow Um, okay and the judge in that situation is basically like yeah the public needs to be protected from you but they didn't put him away for long well he was 15 years old so i don't think that there's like a like he he couldn't be tried as an adult that makes sense you know yeah um and there were also like a lot of repercussions from his actions that like i didn't even think of but in the documentary that I was watching, um, his younger brother, Colin, like, he wouldn't even get invited to things like parties because of his brother's reputation. Oh, so sad. Yeah, which, like, don't punish others. Yeah, you know? like, it wasn't his fault. Like, what did he do? He's just a younger brother. Like, you couldn't do anything about that. Yeah, um, that sucks. 
but there was a psychologist who was talking about it and was like you know typically it's like the younger sibling who's jealous of the older sibling but in this case it's like reversed where like trevor was oh, jealous really? of colin yeah because oh, okay. there's like some sort of idea of like resentment towards the younger sibling because like he was like colin came into their life and like has all the attention on him so mm. trevor felt like he needed to act out so oh, he okay. got yeah so he got like super violent um even though he was apparently just like five seven and quote built like a whippet (laughs) me too (laughs) (laughs) which like like you know like he's really scrawny and apparently he just he packs a good punch you know (laughs) Mm. um and he got more violent after drinking and you know like the drinking age here right now is 18 oh yeah back then it was probably younger so he was out in pubs and stuff, and um, he even, after drinking one night, he ended up stabbing a guy in the leg, oh, and God. he almost severed an artery. Jesus. So, yeah, a big no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Apparently he was also, like, in and out of a lot of, like, uh, like correctional institutions, not, like, like jail, hard, like, hard and fast jail. It was a lot of, like, reforming kind of thing, okay. you know? Um, before he was 21, he was just, like, in and out of them. And then... According to the psychologist from the documentary, people who, like, go through this violence and end up going, like, through the correctional institutions and stuff like that, they usually grow out of it because they're like, oh, don't want to go to prison. Yeah. You know, so they're like, prison deters me from being a bad person, but... (laughs) It was, like, the opposite for Hardy. <laughs> Again. It did not work for him. He just got, like, angry and violent. And then he ended up going from, like, fighting with his fists to fighting with knives. Oh, yikes. So fun. Um, uh, basically, the the part that he was, like, caught for, he ended up literally tearing, like, three families apart. Oh, my God. Um, and then he like literally went to extremes to avoid being caught wait how did he tear three families apart well he killed their children oh oh my god okay okay i yeah. thought you went like I, okay okay we're getting um, into it. No, yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're getting into it um so this is what i meant like what i meant by before like you don't really hear his name like you said like you, d- you hadn't heard yeah of it. i don't think because I've yeah because the people who came after him comparatively quote cast longer and deeper shadows end quote so like oh so like more recent people are worse yeah okay which is terrifying because what he did to these girls is at like is horrific oh god like it's um so i'm just gonna yeah no i'm not either and i've been researching and it's like not a fun time um (laughs) just like a brief overview of what he did the first girl he killed was um janet leslie stewart who was 15 years old and she was stabbed to death on new year's eve in 1974 um which like she was 15 yeah no one deserves that how old was he at this point um i think he was in his 20s okay because he was born in 45 no that's 30s 20s um I don't know. Is that 29? <laughs> Wait, 45, 55, 55. 29. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, help me. <laughs> um, and she 
was buried in like a shallow grave in North Manchester. Um, the second girl that he killed was uh, Wanda Scala. She was 17 years old and she was murdered July 19th um, in 1975. And she she was 17 years old. Like, like you don't... Yeah. I'm just really not okay with it. Yeah. Um, no one deserves to be murdered like that brutally especially um she was hit over the head with a brick robbed sexually assaulted and then her body was found partially buried on like a building site like just on a building site like you don't even have the decency to to give them a not okay yeah absolutely not okay like everything about that is wrong um and then the third girl that he killed was Sharon Mosef, and she was stabbed and strangled with a pair of tights when she was walking back from a staff party in um, March of 1976. So, and she was dumped um, like in a canal in a place called Failsworth. Um, and apparently, the bodies of uh, Wanda Scala and Sharon Mosef they were like stripped and mutilated. Oh my god. Um, nothing about that is okay Mm-mm. in any way like at all ever um so a little bit of background on hardy before he was oh hold on did i do my math incorrectly i have in my notes that he was 31 in um 1972 all right we'll just go with that <laughs> I guess I, I don't just, know how to do math. It's too early. <laughs> I'm just so tired right now. Um, but he attacked a man with a pickaxe and was sentenced to five years in jail. And apparently he attacked this man with a pickaxe over an argument over drinks. And then... Oh my god. Like, literally, what what is wrong with this man? Like, ah. Um, and then his family, this the man who was attacked... They think of him as like the first victim because he ended up dying from his um, like this attack. Oh no! And, yeah, like, even, I would definitely like, yeah, think like, of him as the first victim. Then, like, um, apparently he like like he was attacked with a pickaxe. Like it was a blow to the head, so like mm-hmm. brain injury, traumatic brain yeah. injury. So he was like not really okay after that, and then he ended up dying from his injuries. So and he was only given five years yeah. in jail. Yes, he was only given five years in jail. And that's not okay. Um, and then he, he was released from uh, White's Albany Jail on November 18th in 1974. Um, which was like just a, like a month before he killed. So if he was in jail for longer... Yeah, maybe he wouldn't have. Like, maybe maybe these people would still be alive, you know? Yeah. It makes me angry. Um, mm-hmm. But while he was in prison for these five years, apparently he ended up, like, fixating on two different people. He, he was very obsessed with Stanley O'Brien, who was his ex-friend, and he thought that Stanley O'Brien, like, double-crossed him or something like that. Um, and then... Okay. Interesting. When he, yeah, I, I don't really know what happened there but apparently when he got back like out of jail he learned that brian like o'brien had died oh so he couldn't really do anything about that but then this is 
this is a lot for me. His ex-girlfriend, Beverly Driver, was 14 years old. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> no. No, um, no. That is no. pedophilia. I don't... We don't support that. We don't stand. <laughs> um, just, just a no. Like, it disgusts me. I'm disgusted. Um, but when... Hardy went to jail she met a boy her own age and wrote like a letter to Hardy and was like hey I met someone my own age and I'm gonna pursue that relationship and like her parents obviously weren't supportive of her being in a relationship with a older man and be like (laughs) yeah someone who attacks someone else with a pickaxe oh everything about the situation is wrong um but he ended up like like fixating on this one point because they were dating and then she broke it off um so she i think was meant to be his first victim because on new year's eve he went to beverly's house and threw an axe through the window but he didn't see beverly yeah like first of all (laughs) what the heck what (laughs) what no um yeah just a hard pass um but Beverly wasn't home. He didn't see Beverly. Instead, he saw Leslie Stewart, mm-hmm. who was walking to meet her boyfriend. And she was, um, like, about the same age. Right? About the same age, apparently. In his in his confession later, he, it, it like, it, uh, alludes to the fact that he thought Leslie was um, Beverly. Mm. And then he ended up stabbing her in the throat and burying her oh, in a clay pit nearby. Um and then for like weeks after this he kept on returning to the grave to like cut up her body and bury the parts in other places what um i just i don't even know what to do with that information like i i don't i don't understand it yeah i like so like for for example uh they later they found her head in a lake. Oh my god. Like, what? It takes, like, a lot to, like, get a head off a body. Like, he just... Oh my god. I... Like, he would take, like, their hands and feet and, like, their arm, her, her arms. Um, I just, like... Just... How did uh... no one... Did he bury her? He, she was... She was buried in, like, this makeshift grave. Like, clay grave... And, and no one and, saw so, him returning to this place? That's the thing. No one saw him returning to this grave. And then the police listed her as a missing person. And then it was literally 21 months before they knew that oh she was dead. God. Like, can you imagine her family and being, like, like, praying that she's alive yeah, for 21 say, months? They probably had hope. Oh, that's awful. Like there, there is just so much wrong with this situation. Like, yeah. And then, you know, just to really drive it home that he's a terrible person. Apparently, he took her ring and gave it to another girl as a <gasps> love token. Excuse uh. me. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay. First of all, where did he find another girl? <laughs> I, I literally don't know. <laughs> like, second of all, what? What happened to him not taking anything like identifiable? Did you just forget about that? I from, don't like, know. his robbery days? Well, I guess because he was like, oh, cut, like, 
because maybe because he was like cutting her up or something like that he was like oh like they won't be able to identify the body and like there's no connection between him and Stuart you know what I mean like I guess like she was really a victim of opportunity because he was out there looking for his ex-girlfriend who was 14 years old and saw this girl and was like oh like gonna kill her instead and then realized that it wasn't her and then was like they can't link me to you know ew ew I have like chills and I don't like it because I'm just gross (sighs) yeah um and then uh so this is on New Year's Eve July of 1975, he killed uh, Wanda, who was a part-time barmaid, and she was murdered 400 yards from her house in Moston. 400 yards. Like, she was so close to home. Yeah. Um, and he, like, attacked her with a brick, and then he also strangled her with her own tights after tearing off her clothes. And she was buried on a building site. And this is just really disturbing to me. He bit off one of her nipples. Oh my god. <laughs> no. That is horrifying. Absolutely I wish horrifying. you did not tell me that. <laughs> I wish I didn't read it with my own two eyes. I had to read it multiple times, multiple articles. They all said oh the same god. thing. I don't like it. He also kept her blood-stained clothes as a trophy. Um, Mm-mm. no. This man deserves to be burning woman. in hell. Um, that's just awful. Like, yeah. absolutely terrible. I, ugh. Ah. Um. Again, did, how, I'm so confused about how no one saw him doing this, because he didn't take them to a different location, right? He just, yeah, killed them where he saw them. Right. Oh my god. I'm so frustrated. Yeah. Um, and then in March of 1976, uh, Sharon was on her way home from like an office party and this is the thing she saw him attempting to like rob a shopping center mm-hmm. um, because you know he was a burglar before yeah um, just a shitty person <laughs> just a shitty person overall just a terrible human being yeah um, and again victim of opportunity like she saw him and then he killed her he strangled her, stripped her naked, and tossed her into a canal 300 yards from her home in Palesworth. And he also bit off her nipple. Which, why? Why? Don't understand. I don't like it. It hurts me. <laughs> Ew, oh, God. I hate it. And, and this is where it gets a little bit more extra than it already is. This is where it gets extra. (laughs) It gets worse, okay? Like, (sighs) oh, God. Okay, so he was like, oh, the police are going to trace my teeth marks through the the fact that he bit off her nipple. Uh So the first thing he did was he... Oh, God. He... So he threw her in the canal, right? Mm -hmm. He then like stripped dove into the water holding a metal rivet and then he scratched her in an attempt to cover up the teeth marks what so first he bites off her nipple and then he scratches with a a metal rivet what 
why did he have to do that when he was underwater? I guess he figured it out later. You know, oh. like he threw her in the river and then was like, ah, oh, shit, they're gonna, like, match my teeth marks. And then he was like, crap, and then dove into the water. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna stop trying to understand it. <laughs> yeah, I I literally don't understand this guy's motive. Like, and then it gets worse because her body was found the next morning. So you know, like oh. at least she did. Her family didn't have to wait 21 months. That's true. That's um, true. But it was really cold. Like in March of 1976, by the time she was found, like she was frozen in the water. Oh God. So, detectives did end up, like, questioning him for, um, Wanda Scala's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't, like, like, they couldn't really match anything about Sharon, um, but they did get him for Wanda Scala's murder after he bragged to his younger brother about it. Oh and then he was freed this because... This poor younger brother, honestly. Literally, this, this, Colin is getting the short end of the stick here. Like, he has a terrible older brother. It's just, just really bad. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the thing. I think this is the woman that he gave the ring to. He, he had an alibi with his partner slash mistress, Sheila Farrow. Oh, okay. Um, who was 42 years old. Um, who was like, yeah, like, he was with me, you know, like, he couldn't have done it. Yeah, okay. Why would you do that? Like, why would you... Also, why would the police be like, oh yeah, she has no reason to lie. You know, like, she obviously has reason to lie. Like, don't they, like, take that with a grain of salt usually if there's, like... I don't know, and it makes me so angry. Yes! And, like, one person. Like, what's one witness? Like, again, like, if you have one witness, like, like there is a chance that you're telling the truth but there's also a chance that that one person is lying for you yeah um and then he gets even more extra if you if you thought that diving into the cold water with a metal rivet was was extra he filed his teeth down with a (sighs) contraband file so that they wouldn't match the bite marks found on her body oh my god you know what would be easier than this just like not killing anyone in the first place you know yeah <laughs> maybe oh just, just kidding hold on, hold on hold on this is this is wanda so he didn't have to dive into the water he just filed his teeth oh down. okay still stupid uh, i'm just not understanding yeah kill someone you you, you bite their nipple off and then you file your teeth down what what yeah. i really could not tell you <laughs> Okay, so, again, I was reading this, and I was like, why the hell would he brag about this murder to his younger brother? Why the hell would you do that? Yeah. And then I had to look it up, because I was like, why the hell would you do that? And apparently, forensic psychologists say that this is a sign for an insatiable craving for attention, which also ties back to the fact that his younger brother was born, and Trevor was like, oh, I'm so jealous of you. Okay. <sighs> okay, so there is a quote from... Um, N.G. Barrel, who is the executive director of the New York Center for Neuropsychology and Forensic Behavioral Science, and he told the Daily News, quote, the allure of fame and the excitement of the attention, it's almost like it's intoxicating. They're willing to foolishly sacrifice their freedom in order to obtain the attention and cause a commotion, end quote. 
like the attention from like news and stuff is what he was feeding off of well so this is like just in general that's why people brag about things i think oh, for him bragged okay yeah, yeah yeah um that so that's why people brag about things um i i don't think he wanted to sacrifice his freedom because he went through all of these things like he literally filed his teeth down yeah um, weird but i think that it's like the attention of the murder is what's in talking yeah so he just like him. wanted some people to know he did it but not yeah. enough evidence to go to jail exactly like he would brag about it but like they can't pin anything on him because he has an alibi and like he his teeth marks won't match yeah (sighs) okay so at this point he's killed three people he's basically free like the police Mm -hmm. aren't like they're they can't go after him yeah he's not like yeah there's no evidence he has an alibi like none of the forensic details match up and again it's it's ni- it's 1970s so like dna evidence isn't going to be as good as it is now true which is another thing that makes me very angry about like the old cases is that like i know they can't do anything about it but like yeah you know like it's there and i want it, it honestly to like amazes me like how some police like before like dna like you could analyze it to like find out like who matched it like they still took dna from the crime scene yes. just like to be like oh I, yeah. just in case like, like the that last amazes me. that we talk about yeah they, they like had like the bank in the cold case yeah files like you could go back and match it now which is like a plus detective work there like at least yeah it's gonna be solved because you have the dna evidence hopefully yeah um yeah like yeah um but so going back to hardy the police did get back on his trail again after he attacked another girl um, who was 21 years old. Her name was Christian Campbell, and she did escape because oh, okay. she ended up biting her tongue like in the struggle. Um, like, I think, like, it, biting it off. Biting um, her own tongue off? Yeah. Oh my god. But she did escape alive. Okay, and then good. she later was able to, like, for, like, tell the police, like, provide, like, clues about oh, what had happened so that okay. they could link the rest of the things to him. Um, the detectives then tracked him to a house in Stockport by basically following his mistress. Because, mm. like, they didn't know where he was. They had these clues because this girl escaped. And then they followed his mistress, who was still with him. Oh, God. Did like, you, you know that he's in hiding because he killed three people and attacked one more, and you're still with him, and you're still providing an alibi. I don't Yeah, understand. I was gonna say, did she know? But, like, how is there... I knew that she, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't see staying with him, but like still how. Yeah, I like you can't say that definitively, but yeah, like I I feel like if you're providing an alibi for some someone, you have to know at least something about what's happening. You know, like you can't be completely clueless. And I think I feel like this is you know that psychological disorder about why people like write to just like people in jail. Mm Hmm. And, like, I think, I feel like it's something like that. You know, like, you're infatuated with this man because he's bad. Yeah. Um, I can't say that for sure. Or maybe um, that she was just, like, in love with him before and she didn't want to believe it or something. Yeah. Both possibilities. Um, again, speculation. We're not yeah, psychologists. Yeah, pure, specula- pure speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we don't know these people, but... Yeah. Based on the information, those are possibilities. Um, if you guys have any more about why any of this would happen let us know we'd yeah. love to hear from you um 
And then in August of 1976, he was arrested for the murders of Wanda Scala and then Sharon Moseph. And he confessed to those murders and to killing Leslie Stewart, who until that point had been a missing person, but he confessed. And then he wrote a confession that was like 40 pages long. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus. Like that. And then 4D? Yeah. Four, yeah, four zero. Jesus. Yeah, it was like 40 pages long. He really does like the attention. <laughs> right? Like, um, so after he confessed to killing Leslie Stewart, he took the police to the lake, um, where the lake where he the head was, and then to a shallow grave containing some of her skeleton. Oh, God. I don't know where the rest of the skeleton is. I don't know if her family ever received yeah, that's like her body. But like, like I I don't know their religious beliefs, but I do know that some people like to bury a body. All and of the, the body. fact yeah. that they don't have that, it, it they don't even have the choice. Like they, I just I feel so bad for her. Yeah. Um, when they were there, he pleaded guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. What I guess like pleading insanity. Oh. I guess is what I got from that um but then he was tried at Manchester Crown Court which is the picture that I posted on Instagram for um, oh okay you saw that but they rejected his claim that he was quote mentally abnormal like they said that he wasn't um and then they convicted him of murder good and um a psychiatrist even described Hardy as quote a hopelessly evil dangerous man and quote who could kill again um horrifying that a, like a psychologist like who ha- oh my god yeah like like That's... someone who is trained in human behavior yeah like you hopelessly identifying evil. like hopelessly uh, like there's no there's nothing left for him like not even like oh he like had some mental disorder that like you know he couldn't i don't know how to you know like he it, like yeah I don't know. no i i know what you mean. he was just a bad person like he was just not a good person oh um and then the judge justice caulfield even said to hardy quote this area is a happy place but it will be a happier place without you you have been convicted of the horrible murders of three young girls you will go to prison for life end quote um okay and then apparently there were people in the public gallery who were yelling like come up here you murdering bastard die you bastard like these kind of things at him Mm. which you know after reading this case and after having to hear about what he did to these people like I am not mad at them yeah (laughs) I feel like they're justified in saying that yeah um in 1977 he was found guilty on three charges of murder and was sentenced to three life sentences wait 1977 yeah okay so that's a year after. That still feels like I feel like that seems pr- kind of recent. You know what I mean? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I don't like it, but um, scary. He stayed in prison for thirty-five years, and then he died. Um, in prison. Okay. okay so he's dead now. Good. Yes, he is. He's deceased. Um. So. Apparently, before he was sent to jail, he sent a letter to the Mosa family, and then he, in this letter, apparently, he just, he blamed his upbringing. Um, 
thanks dude like that's like that is the reason yeah why i would be so mad if i got that letter like just just rage like i'm reading it now like i'm not related to these people but i'm angry yeah because no (laughs) no like his brother is fine yeah (laughs) you can't blame your upbringing on that like one of them turned out fine (laughs) oh Oh, god um so again these crimes like what i'm reading this is horrific like this is terrible yeah um but apparently these murders overlapped with something someone called the yorkshire ripper peter uh sutcliffe his killing spree um which i guess was worse and so i don't even want to get into that but apparently there were similarities between these two um in terms of like terror like the level of terror did um, so one it, of them, it was, like copy off the other one, or do you think they were just completely? I think they were different. The okay. Um, I think they just happened at the same time because, um, like it, it was it was this guy, the Yorkshire Ripper. It was his crimes that basically led to Trevor Hardy being like, like I, I don't want to say forgotten because obviously he's had yeah. such a great effect on people, but like less known, you know, like okay, like I didn't know him. Yeah. And and this seems like something that you should know about. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so because of this, because of these people, you know, people were, women especially were, like, reluctant to go out alone. And then men were asked to, like, escort them home and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like that just feels so wrong to me. Like, what kind of world are you living in where, like, you can't, enjoy the nighttime you know yeah, like, personally terrifying. i really like that like i like being outside at night like it feels calming and peaceful and then like knowing that someone like this could be out there like that is yeah. absolutely terrifying to me I, I saw this thing during like the whole me too movement there were like mm-hmm. a lot of guys who were like am i is no one safe you know like there could be false accusations or whatever and um stop stop and so no someone posted this thing where it was like advice so like men wouldn't be like falsely accused and it was basically just like all the advice that women were given like watch your drink like stay with friends like stuff like that and they were all like so mad they're like oh we don't have any freedom like and it's like well that's exactly what women have to go through every day and they like can't even think about it because they never had an option to not you know like yeah, that makes me angry. That just kind of reminds just, me of that. Yeah, I I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like, but it is it is kind of the same thing. Like where where is the ability to be alive? Yeah. So um, during the time this like period of time when they thought of, of Hardy before they knew where he was before they followed his mistress to her house. Um, apparently 23,000 people were stopped and searched. Oh my God. So, you know, at, at least they're, they're making an effort. Like, yeah. you know, there's some cases where you're like, this was just faulty police work. I don't think yeah. this is one of them. I think they were really trying to. Yeah. Best. It sounds like they were doing, doing a lot. You want, you want it to get more wild? Not really, but okay. Yeah, you ready for it to get more wild? <laughs> um, so there was a lot of suspicion 
that he may have killed more than the three people that he was accused of killing. Oh my um, god, really? Yeah, so... But didn't he confess to the three? Yeah, exactly. So he, he confessed to the three. Tomorrow? Um, okay, wait, continue. I'll just yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. That's why... So I think... Um, here, I'll get into it. So, okay. um, basically, the facts are that Dorothy Layden was 17 when she was raped and beaten to death in April of 1971. So this was before the three confirmed people that he killed. Um, okay. And her body was dumped behind a pub in a place called Collierhurst. Um, this is kind of sad. Well, more sad. I don't need the, this. It, all of it is sad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like any of it. But a few hours before she was killed, she was in the front row of a concert. Um, uh, Jimmy Ruffin at the Golden Garter. In I, I'm going to butcher this name, but it starts with a W. I, that's all I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, it's it's like Wyvenshaw or something. I, I'm so I sorry, like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he sang a song called What Becomes of the Brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know it. I yeah, didn't have time to look it up. Wow, Sonia. Um, You're fired. Yeah, I, I really try harder. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Um, but he ended up like he he did that thing, you know, where like celebrities will like he like had a towel and he like wiped his sweat off and then threw oh, it to the audience she? and Dorothy oh. caught it. And the towel oh. was still in her bag when the police found her body. And that is so awful. That. Um, police questioned Trevor Hardy about this murder after an anonymous phone caller called into the police and was like, hey, Trevor Hardy has suspicious scratches on his face. And then at this point, his mother gave him an alibi. Um, so for, this is why people think that it was him is because four days before Dorothy's murder, Hardy was released from prison where he was serving a sentence for assault. Um, so he was out, yeah. Yeah, so he was out four days. He was out for four days, and then she died. Um, if you can see the parallels between when he was out for yeah. on November 18th, and then literally a month later he killed um, on New Year's Eve. Um, and then during his time in prison, before that, um, after that, sorry, um, after he was like uh, like actually arrested and sentenced to three like life sentences, um, he wrote letters to people to like the police and stuff like suggesting that his brother killed Dorothy <sighs> this poor brother oh I my really God. like honestly I I feel like he's another victim here like not to as very yeah, yeah, extent as the people who died but, still, but like, having to grow up like his life yeah. was really ruined exactly like, his life yeah. was really just ruined like um this was okay false. yeah it was proven to be false his brother didn't kill Dorothy um but then so one of the ex-police officers like who was a police officer at that time isn't now gave an interview and he said this is Ian Kirkpatrick he said quote Dorothy was killed days after Hardy came out of prison then he tried to blame his brother why would he do that my recollection is that the DNA evidence was found near Dorothy but not on the body end quote and then he added um after that that like after dorothy's murder there were other like violent attacks on women in northeast manchester which is around the area where he's from um like even in 1971 um 
like another woman was robbed um, in Oldham Road in in Newton East, um, and she had a fractured skull. And then in November, there was another woman who had like like serious cuts to her head after being robbed. Um, again in Newton Heath. Sorry, is my refrigerator gonna be in the um, Is your refrigerator it is. running? I have to go catch it. <laughs> Sorry if you hear my refrigerator uh, yelling in the background. It's very loud for no reason. <laughs> she's just yeah. very extra. Um, so. And then um, the same officer, Ian Kirkpatrick, he said that, quote, Trevor Hardy was jailed um, for attacking a man with a pickaxe. He got five years and the attacks on women in this area stopped. He was released in November 1974. And within weeks, he had killed Janet Leslie Stewart. This is a pattern. Yeah, I, I see that. Okay. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I do see it as a pattern. Like, that it yeah, really like makes how, sense. I don't know. I just don't see that being a coincidence that, like, it stopped when he went to, yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't see. Um, so then, this is more recent. In 2004, there were people who, um, like, the, the family members of these people who had been murdered, they requested that, like, the Greater Manchester Police would re-examine the evidence. Mm-hmm. So detectives um, reviewed the cold case, and they do believe that forensic evidence uh, exonerates Hardy in the murder of Dorothy Layden um, because the DNA samples were not found to match Hardy. Um, yeah so So. they did they had a they they took swabs from the scene and this was a full DNA profile and then they interviewed Hardy in jail and then Hardy denied the involvement in the murder they took a a recent swab from Hardy and then compared it to the scene and neither that's such a weird coincidence though right I uh, I don't know what to believe that's my thing like I mean it's it's just DNA like I don't know. Unless he had, like, a partner yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the, um, Martin Bottomley, who is the head of the cold case review team, um, who carried out the searches of, like, the archives and stuff to find this, uh, DNA evidence, he, he is basically convinced that the DNA from the scene is the DNA of Dorothy's killer and not Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, quote, there were crime scene stains that, and we sent them to the forensic science laboratory. And to my amazement, so many years later, they revealed a full DNA profile of Dorothy Leighton's killer, the swab taken from material directly adjacent to Dorothy. It is absolutely clear in my mind that the documentation I had from forensic scientists and photographs in the scene, I'm convinced then and now that the DNA is from Dorothy's killer, end quote. So, so he's like, it's a different Have they not person. been able to, like, tie it back to that different person, though? Like, gotten a match? No, I don't. I Okay. Yeah, I haven't read anything about the fact that that so um there was another forensic expert from King's College in London who um like suggested that the sample since it was found on the ground and not on her body, it could have been there before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the thing. That's why it's like like you don't, I don't know what to believe. You yeah, know? Like, it's just a bunch of like, like I, I twisty turns, you know, <laughs> like a roller coaster. I, I don't like it. Like, like I fully believe that he killed the yes, three girls. Yeah. Like he confessed to that. It, it makes sense. But this, this, like Dorothy, like, yeah, like, it's weird. Um, because it makes sense that it's him. But then again, there were other people who were, like, overlapping him. Oh, true, yeah. This 
took place before that so I don't know if there was anyone before who was doing the same kind of stuff you know like I know that there were people who he grew up reading about like who were serial killers and stuff like that and like they really influenced him but it feels weird that it would overlap so closely yeah definitely um yeah so they uh the cold case review of Dorothy's murder um deemed that the person responsible is unidentified and then but they did say that the the police will not close the case until Dorothy's killer has been brought to justice that's awesome Um, yeah but the only problem with that is that like you know they do know that as more time passes it's harder and harder to prove anything um yeah so that's um then they also said the police said that um they don't think that like in the interest of justice um they think that it would really like go against dorothy's investigation to suggest that hardy murdered her because like the dna didn't match yeah. he didn't confess to it, just, it like, you know, an easy like, way all out. That stuff. right and then like whoever actually yes, killed her out there they'd just be free mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so there were there were a bunch of um like uh, TV shows and, and like documentaries. There was uh, one in, in, in particular, in mm. particular, called Britain's Forgotten Serial Killer, and they they point to links between Hardy and Dorothy. Um, but again, like a lot of people, based on evidence, they they don't think that Hardy was responsible. And then um, the the guy that I mentioned before, Ian Kirkpatrick, he. I, I don't okay he said quote um he quoted that he what he went up to um this flat that they found him in um he said quote i'll never forget hardy was up in the loft he said quote i'll come down if you don't hit me end quote that is always stuck in my mind end quote um which is interesting yeah. and i don't i can't really tell from that what side he's on yeah i was gonna you say know? Like, it's very clear that, that, like, Martin Bottomley, he's, like, no, Hardy did not kill Dorothy. Um, and then there are some other people, like, the, the forensic expert in uh, King's College, who was, like, it is possible yeah. that Hardy killed her and the evidence was just there before. Um, so there are two sides. I don't know what Ian Kirkpatrick is saying here. Yeah. Um, I'll come down if you don't hit me. It is weird. Like... I don't know. He's a it, weird dude. Maybe that's what he was pointing. <laughs> he really is. What What I first thought was, you know, that letter that he sent the authorities where he was like, I'm blaming it on my upbringing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. You know? Like, yeah, like maybe. It could be an allusion abuse, to that. Childhood abuse but... or something. Yeah. <sighs> it's, yeah. Um... All right, so that is just about it. I just want to add that when he was serving his sentence after the arrest of for the murder of the three girls, he apparently had a good work record. Um, and then in 2008, he asked that the minimal jail term was going to be 30 years. But luckily, um, the justice at at the court, uh, Justice Tier, said that Hardy did not accept his guilt and showed no remorse, so for him, life should mean Good. life. Um, 
so he he was you know they they didn't take that they, they were like no thank yeah. you um you're gonna stay in jail Good, um, you deserve it <laughs> He, he really does. In February, February 23rd, actually, of 2008, the Times said that Hardy was uh, one of up to 50 British prisoners currently in prison who had been issued with a whole life tariff and were unlikely to ever be released. Um, this was, again, reaffirmed in June of 2008 by the High Court. So good on them for, for not being like, oh, he has a good work record. Like, we'll set him that free. That is one of the most frustrating things to me. Which it's really, really yeah. annoying. Like, like, oh, they were. If you don't, a model prisoner. Let's just let him out. Like, no. Yeah. Like, you kill three <laughs> yeah. people. You don't deserve to be free. Oh, God. Um, on September twenty third of twenty twelve, he suffered a heart attack and died in the hospital two days later at uh, sixty seven. I mean, that years is old. so recent, though. And <laughs> it is. It really like eight years yeah. ago. He died eight That's years ago. Like seven years ago. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> but he didn't have any visitors for the last 15 years that he was in prison. Hmm. I don't know who would visit him before. Maybe like his yeah, mistress, I was gonna say maybe his mistress. Like his brother, his parents. If I were his brother, I would not visit him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. If I was his family, I would stay far, far yeah. away. Um, and then Sharon Mosef's father told the Manchester Evening News, quote, me and my family think that this is the best thing that has ever happened to us. It's like winning the lottery. We've had a big party to celebrate his death. We feel as though a burden has been lifted from our shoulders, knowing that he cannot come out and do anything to anybody else. We knew who was inside, but you cannot forget something like that. Mm-hmm. It preys in your mind. What he did was cold-blooded murder. He was an animal. End quote. Yeah, that's... That's a lot. But like we just need to take take a cleansing breath. No. Do you want some of my ASMR? That was... No, I'm okay. I'm not. Yeah, that's. That is the last <laughs> thing I want. But yeah, let's have. A, I don't know. Well, or a cleanse. That was. Yeah, yeah. Just like. Yeah, just a breath. Um, because now you know. You know about that. That was the most ridiculous story I've ever had to look up. Mm-hmm. Hated it, but thank you. <laughs> Oh, you're so welcome. I love how I just, I like, it started off wild, and then I was just like, are you ready for it to get more wild? I was like, like what now? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't think it can get any worse, uh-uh. and then he goes and does something worse. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's shift topic. Big shift. Let's, are you ready? <laughs> let's do some life updates, because I miss you. I miss you, too. <sighs> Do you want to go first? I think you should go first. I think I'm uh, just tired from talking about this man. Um, well, I'm currently rushing sororities. It's yeah. it's going. Uh, I. <laughs> you got two though, right? That's true. Um, two is better than zero. Yeah, I'm not gonna name any names because, like, I don't think I should but um there are eight sororities at my school um we rush all of them and then get invited back to however many on the second round so i got invited back to two this round um i'm just gonna go and see how it goes today and then make a decision from there but yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i'm proud of you for doing it it took a lot of socializing and you have anxiety it was a lot like i don't know how you're gonna survive you did (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Nadi texted us 
um, our, our like group chat and was like, it's been one sorority and I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I really feel bad. Yeah, it was it was a lot. You had to like go into this room full of like girls and like yell at each other because everyone's yelling. Um, and yeah, <laughs> do that like four times a day That's for like forty five minutes. It was. Oh. Very tiring. I would not survive. <laughs> when do classes start for you? Classes start on Monday, so we only have a couple days. Yeah. yeah, really don't want them to start. What about for you? Yeah, same Monday, and I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Do you have any life updates? I, um, I flew back today. I got in like two hours ago, and I'm tired. Yeah, I can imagine because. The lady in front of me reclined her seat oh, like no. all the way back. That was the worst. I was just squished, and it's not like I had anywhere to go because the two other people. So I was in the aisle seat, and then like the two other people, um, in front of in front of me, like in that row in front of me, also reclined their seats oh, all the way back. And the poor man sitting next to me, he was like tall, like his knees were touching oh, the no. seat in front of us before they reclined so he oh was just god like, he was real flushed. squished and i felt so bad for him yeah pros of being a short person Small. yeah <laughs> not usually squished <laughs> that's where it's at um yeah that's it for me i miss my dog oh, i miss my already. I'm ready to go home. Same. You know that TikTok that's like, I'd like to go home, please? No, I don't think you have to send it to me. <gasps> I'll send it to you. It's like the audio is it's relatable. It's me. If we make a TikTok as Sonia wants, you can make um, yes. a, a duet oh, or no. use the audio or whatever you do on TikTok. <laughs> yes, the thing is, I want to make a TikTok, but I have absolutely no idea how to use technology. Yeah, like. Today, I tried to save a chat in Snapchat, and then I ended up saving a picture to my camera roll. <laughs> and then, um, she texted me back on Snapchat and was like, I'm very confused. Why did you save that to your camera roll? And I was out here just trying to save our conversation in the chat. Amazing. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. What a mood, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm stressed. <laughs> well... Um, it's currently refreshers week. What is that? Oh, oh, um, like so refreshers week, but okay, yeah, I see. re, but like also like refresh, like what? <laughs> I didn't know it was called that until you know, like when. Okay, my problem with Facebook is that if you do anything on Facebook, it shows up on everyone's yeah, timeline who's like your friend, it. right? But it's good in some cases because like like when people I'm friends with like respond to events. Like, I finally know what's happening, you know? <laughs> That's true. So, one of the girls I'm friends with, she responded to a refreshers fair, and I was like, what is refreshers? refreshers? <laughs> I was so confused. Amazing. It's okay. I figured it out. We're good. There are events that I think I'm going to try to go to. Oh, but, fun. like, there's also class, nah. and a lot of the events are happening, like, during my class time, because, like, for some reason this semester I have lectures until, like, five. I think you should just go to the events. <laughs> I think I should go to the events too, but I have anxiety and I can't miss my lectures. <laughs> Don't they record them? <laughs> they do. Yeah, so just. But I have anxiety, oh so it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, well, keep um, me updated on what you do. <laughs> I will keep you updated. Um, 
Oh, before we go, I did want to do a couple of shout outs because we got a message from Dark XIX. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. so nice. Wait, um, is it? Very nice. They. I'm just going to go they. They. Yeah, we, we don't really we know them, but they did send us a message and it was very sweet. Yeah, it was so, so thank nice. you. Like today I'm feeling um, a little down. So it's it's nice to just like look through your messages and see everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, super good. Yeah. Um and then uh Terrific Specs podcast. They also oh, messaged yeah, us they and we they were like, Yeah, they they checked out our podcast and they're like, you know, check out um, if we want to check out their podcast and I did I ended up downloading a couple of the episodes and listening to them on the plane and oh. they're really funny they're not they're not like the podcast that I usually listen to you know what yeah. I mean like I'm on here for like true crime like I listen to like <laughs> supernatural and true crime stories and this was a very nice break from that I didn't really understand what was happening at the time I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes I haven't yet yet no I have to um, yeah but they they're like film people like I don't know oh, okay. the but they're fun um I don't know anything about Sopranos and that was like the first episode so I was kind of like cool you know just like silently cheering in the background <laughs> but they're fun um yeah, so go check Brothers Unknown as well oh yeah check them out <laughs> Terrific Specs podcast um Brothers Unknown is also fun they did they do like I think they're like a YouTube channel because mm-hmm. I don't think they do like an actual podcast but they did um yeah, they like paranormal investigation, like, uh, they went, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what it's called. But they went to um, the bridge. Point Zip Bridge. Point, 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 yeah, that one. Yeah. So if you li- if you listen to that episode and you want to actually see what it looks like, yeah, go check, check them out. out. Yeah, that was a too. fun video. Um, yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, and then lastly, in Cahoots podcast, who I don't think they they didn't really like they they followed us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I listen to their episodes, and they're just like, like you know, like walking home episodes, like at night, because mm. it's it's like they just like talk, and you feel like you're part of a con. Hey, stop! Yeah, she stopped yelling. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's silently cheering us on in the background, too. <laughs> loudly cheering us on in the yeah, background. Yeah, loudly. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. Um. I was just, like, listening to them when I was walking Simba, and it was nice because it was dark out, and it, like, didn't feel as scary because I usually listen to, like, true crime podcasts <laughs> when it's dark out. And then I'm, like, walking with, like, like turning around, like, checking over my shoulder. This is fun, though. I did appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check them out, too. Yeah. And then, oh, also, <laughs> um, we have some new listeners. Yeah, and thank you for almost 100 follows. Yeah. Followers. Yes. Uh, uh, listens, I think. Well, we almost have 100 followers. Yeah, total, too. please. Oh, yes, we do. We almost have 100 followers on Instagram. This is amazing. I'm so excited. Me too. So thank you to everyone who's followed us, everyone who's yeah. listened. Um, yeah, um, there are people from Italy and Canada now. Yeah. Welcome to and then if you want to check us out at Grim Podcast on Instagram, um, thegrimpodcast at gmail.com to send us an email. Uh, please send us email. We're lonely. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> or DM anything. Yeah, literally, just contact us. We'll be so happy. Yeah, it'll make my day. Um, am I missing something? Uh, just I don't know how to use Facebook, but we're on Facebook somehow. Yes. <laughs> we don't know how to do. That. I'll figure it out. We don't know how to point. do technology. <laughs> there was um so dark xix. 
like liked our pictures and then I literally had to like text Maddie and I was like help I we should say thank you because like <laughs> thank you but also I don't know how to use Instagram stories Nude. so I made her do it <laughs> even though you were in the middle of like rushing and I was like Maddie do it I was on a break so it was okay oh perfect all right but yeah love you all stay safe yes thank and you so much for listening yeah see you next week bye bye